Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whale, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and this is episode 60 of the Canadians Connection podcast. It's the Jose Theodore edition, and I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, the Jose Theodore, to my Christian Thomas, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? I'm doing real well. Uh, Very happy to be here. And uh, we were just talking uh, about Christian Thomas, um, and uh, when Nikita Sherback, uh, who, who we know is playing in the KHL and, and switched teams this year, has gone over to Tractor, I looked down the roster to see if there's any, if uh, Nikita would know anybody. And there was Alexander a- a- Avidson, former Canadians prospect. And also there was uh, Christian Thomas. Um, ah. And as we know, uh, um, a Canadians prospect with. That, that that explosive speed. Um, yes. And uh, now playing uh, in the KHL and son of Steve Thomas. And um, you were just talking about uh, Brian Rogers, our dear friend, Brian yep. Rogers. <laughs> yeah. And I remember it was probably the first year of, of the, uh, the ice caps being the affiliate of the Montreal Canadians. Uh, that would be 2015, uh, 16. And anyways, uh, Christian Thomas scored a goal, and I I remember that Brian Rogers called him called him Stumpy in that moment, and I just I just remember thinking he's been waiting to he's been waiting to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, so, uh, good listen, Brian players, players are are wonderful, and I've had great experiences with the hundreds and hundreds of players that I've interacted with, except two. And you mentioned um, Jose Theodore, and um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I might have might have told this story, but but I, I can't pass it up. I might have told this story on the podcast before, but um, I was on my way to uh, Broussard, and it was it was in the summer. It was probably mm, I don't know if it was rookie showcase time or or development camp or what it was. I don't quite remember. It was in the summer, uh, probably development camp um, from Nuns Island over the Champlain bridge out uh, 10 and um, getting close to the exit for, for Broussard. And from the outside lane, this black Ferrari just, just cuts across like four lanes of traffic, cuts me off, slammed on the brakes, did a bit of a, uh, you know, the back end fish tailed out a bit. And he's off. He's on the and gone in just a puff of smoke. And I'm just sitting there a little shaken and, and uh, yeah. traffic behind me and, and uh, everybody. Oh, what kind of idiot. Okay. I'll be polite. Idiot is this. Yeah. <laughs> so I get my composure back. I drive in and pull into the Brossard parking lot. And I see that same car. Yeah. At the, the top end of the parking lot in, um, 
the Bell Sports Complex. Um, and right beside it is a, is a Jeep. Uh, and they're kind of parked, not in parking spots, but kind of cockeyed. And, and there's two guys out. I parked in a regular spot. But before I go in, I thought, well, I'm just going to go take a look over and see who that that is. And the car that cut me off, driven by none other than Jose Theodore. <laughs> ah, our old friend. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and 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 uh, with him, uh, the fellow that was piloting the Jeep, Guillaume Latendresse. And um, they were talking, and it was um, I put it all together afterwards. But Laton Dress's um, golf tournament was coming up, and um, uh, they were meeting. And uh, uh, Theodore was pulling goalie gear out of his uh, 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 car and giving it, and and I, I, it was obviously donating to his his golf tournament. Um, and I just walked, I just walked, I hadn't even said anything. And Theodore turns to me and says, F off. Just, <laughs> just, yeah. just miserable. I, like not even, what do you want? Not, just F off. My God. And I said, <laughs> oh, um, I was just hoping to get a, a, a photo. And they both turned to me and said, and, and yelled the same thing. I was like, wow. Yeah. So Man. I was like, yeah, so it's fine. Um, and the whole <laughs> running off the road thing and everything, I'm fine. I'm going to take a picture of you guys anyway. Like, well, like normally yeah. I ask or whatever, but, and, and these guys, um, I should say Theodore was um, already in Florida. Uh, there was Florida plates on his on yeah. fancy sports car. Um and he was down with the Panthers and, and Latondras was long gone from the Canadians by then. Yeah. So I didn't really care. So I took a picture and, and off I went, but yes, that's, that's my worst encounter with uh, NHL players or AHL players. Yeah. Or junior players Not or any, any kind of players. Um, any players. Um, yeah. Normally they're very nice and very helpful, uh, but that's my uh, Jose Theodore story. Not exactly a gentleman in that instance. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was I not didn't. their not their best work. Oh my god. That's their That's, opening uh, salvo. I thought that was kind Yeah. Of <laughs> well, we've got uh, a lot to get to on today's show and we always appreciate a nice Jose Theodore story when we get one because boy, he's probably had a field uh, a field day this past week or so talking about Carey Price and we're going to get to that later on in the show. But before we get there, we do have a week of hockey that uh, we, we talked about this season as being a roller coaster, but there has not been an incline in quite a while. I'm beginning to think we might be on the teacup ride here because there has not been any sort. It's not nearly as pleasant as a teacup ride, but there has not been any sort of incline on this roller coaster in quite some time. Uh, last week, the Montreal Canadiens lost six to five in uh, in very troubling fashion to the New York Rangers. They were leading four to nothing in the second period, took that four oh lead just less than three minutes into the second period, and then very quickly that lead evaporated. Uh Arturi Lekinen, who had a fantastic game, uh he made it five to three, and then about thirty seconds later the Rangers scored again, added a couple more, and the Canadians lose six to five. And uh that was just the appetizer for the main course, which was <laughs> which was a game against the Boston Bruins on home ice 
against your biggest rival, and the Montreal Canadiens lay an egg in, um, in, in what can only be described as a thorough uh, domination from the Boston Bruins, 8-1. to one. Um, just, just horrendous effort all around. Jeff Petrie with a turnover to Brad Marchand to end the first period. Uh, again, a, a last-minute goal, which has been a, a, a very much a trademark of this Canadiens team. And then, just to end it all with <laughs> for this week, they lose where it all started they, in a game against the New Jersey Devils. They lose six to four, and odd man rushes, breakaways, poor reads, not getting pucks deep enough, poor line changes. Am I missing anything? Did, did that cover all the bases <laughs> for that game? Because man, oh man, the New Jersey Devils just had their way. And I mean, the Montreal Canadiens, they, they would score and they'd get back at the game. Like Yol Army has scored a beautiful goal, a beautiful shot. And it was just like, it didn't even matter because the Canadians were going to give up another goal. It, it just was, it was just, it just felt that way that they were always going to give up a really good opportunity for the New Jersey Devils to go down and score. So, I mean, what have you made of this last week? What's gone wrong with the Montreal Canadiens? Well, it's as um, I was putting together the, Cana- the Canadians Connection of the Week, and sometimes I get um, um, ideas from uh, our listeners and uh, our social media followers. And one of the questions that um, I was asked, which in turn uh, I thought might, might be a candidate for Question of the Week, was which loss was more humiliating this week? <laughs> and and be- because the... the um, you know the, the the Rangers loss, the, the as 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 gut wrenching as that was after the four nothing lead, the uh, shellacking against um, you know the the Canadians' most bitter rival, the Boston Bruins, and then to lose a game after um, to one of the bottom feeders of the league uh, when when it was kind of a uh, a must win. Uh, and after uh, Claude Julien had put uh, the team through um, a really tough practice and, and um, I, you know, I, I couldn't answer that question. A tie goes to the runner kind of thing. I couldn't answer yeah. that question uh, myself. So instead um, we're looking forward and uh, our Canadians question of the week, a Canadians connection question of the week is, would you make a trade or I should say uh, I can expand that to say trades to improve the Habs yeah. or wait for prospects to develop. And, and we'll have, uh, we'll read some of your responses in the, uh, in the third segment. If you want to get in on that, go to Twitter, go to our fan page on Facebook, or um, you can text us and you can text us anytime five, eight, five, three rocket. Uh, or you can call us and uh, we'll put your call on the air in the third segment. And that number is 213-943-3754. Um, as far as what's going wrong, um, maybe, maybe everything, uh, maybe that, that's <laughs> something that, that I'll save for, uh, for next segment and go through in some detail. But uh, the Canadians are, are not a good um, defending team. Uh, that that was known right at the start of the season. Um, it's it's even worse now. And uh, Claude Julien's plan was to make sure that they don't spend a lot of time in um, their own end. And uh, unfortunately, they are because they are completely losing the the uh, uh, battle of of the neutral zone. 
um, and teams are just uh, entering the Canadian zone with ease, and then they're staying there with and they're uh, or they're entering with uh, with speed in odd man rushes, um, and it's it's um, it's it, it's something you can't outscore as as we've seen this week as uh, the Canadians have. Um, you know, had, had uh, they've been pretty good. Now they've dropped a bit uh, in terms of their five-on-five offense to uh, tenth, I think it, it is. Um, but uh, you you can't outscore um, that kind of bad defense, and 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 that's what it is. And it, it's it, it starts with the defenseman for sure, no question there. Uh, but it's it's team defense that um, that is has been poor, and and you, you just can't make it up. Yeah. And I mean, we've, yeah, we've seen in that game specifically against the New Jersey Devils, it was on display with a poor pinch by Ben Sherrod in past the hash marks. And then you also have Brett Kulak who was caught standing still, but this is, this is a team issue. This has very much been a team issue. And you go back to the game against the Ottawa Senators last week that we were talking about, and it was, you know, Tomas Tatar and Nick Suzuki, not quite being on the same page and, you know, Nick Suzuki, that's that's growing pains. He's going to learn from that. But, I mean, you can just see that this frustration is kind of boiling over with this team. There's just kind of this there, – there isn't a very good uh, <laughs> a good image of what this team is right now. It's just not been going well for them. So we'll see if they can uh, right the ship against Philadelphia today. But um, But I mentioned the New Jersey Devils there. And – so there's been some speculation. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about EJ Raddick talking about maybe the Montreal Canadiens being in on Taylor Hall. Should he become available? And Darren Dreger on overdrive on TSN 1050 this week added some fuel to the five uh, to the fire when he said that I'm not so sure that given the opportunity, Taylor Hall wouldn't sign in with the Montreal Canadiens. And just before we went on the air about, uh, well, just about a half an hour ago, uh, Pierre Lebrun tweeted that Ray Shero is now listening on Taylor Hall. Whatever that means, it doesn't necessarily mean a deal is happening tomorrow, but he has begun that process. So, I mean, listen, in the midst of all this misery for Montreal Canadiens fans, did Darren Dreger just provide a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel if a, if a deal should be, you know, should come together? I mean, this is really the, the only thing that I think Canadians fans have to cling on to for, for some sort of hope. <laughs> so what was needed uh, in the off season? Um, and we know that, that uh, on the shopping list was um, a top six forward uh, to, to help with the scoring and uh, at least one top pairing uh, left-handed defenseman, probably two. Um, yeah. And, and, um, and Mark Bergevin was unable to, to achieve any of that. And, and, and even the, the one try he made and the Sebastian Ajo was kind of a half-hearted weak attempt, uh, and that, um, uh, crashed and burned. Um, so it's understandable. Um, you know, we, we first brought this, what was it? Three weeks ago, this whole Taylor Hall business and that there was smoke around it and that, New Jersey was um, has has ramped up their their scouting of of uh, the Canadians. Um, I mean, does Taylor Hall help um, the Canadians line up? 
Absolutely. Is he the, 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 the only solution that's needed? No, the, the, some help's no, needed yeah. on defense as well. But Taylor Hall, uh, you know, when you talk about the Canadians being built uh, to, to play four lines and having to uh, get contributions from, from everybody, because there's no one um, superstar, uh, Taylor Hall kind of fits that bill. Um, you know, 2018, uh, Hart Trophy winner, um, had a 90-point season. This year, um, a little slow in the goals department, but but still racking yeah. up the assists. Uh, and you figured, uh, and, and that's on a bad team. Uh, you figure on yeah. uh, the Canadians with some talent around him, um, uh, he would he would fit perfectly. You could you you know Tatar's been in and out of the. Uh, the doghouse hall with uh, Deno and Gallagher looks pretty good. Um, hall putting him uh, with Domi, that looks pretty good. Um, so, you know, it's understandable that, that there's been a lot of conversation about uh, Taylor Hall coming to, to Montreal. Um, what, what would it take? What would it yeah. take to bring Taylor Hall? That's the hall? question. Um, and, you know, uh, you, you look back uh, for recent examples, you look at maybe Mark Stone, Taylor Hall's, I'd say, uh, I'd, I'd want a Taylor Hall more than a Mark Stone, but you yeah. look at uh, Mark Stone and um, there was, uh, in, in exchange, was a, uh, a great A prospect in Eric Brandstrom, um, a second round pick and a, and a, and a, and a body Um for Matt Duchesne, there was a first-round pick to prospects. So, uh, you know, for a Taylor Hall, it's a first-round pick. Uh, it's a grade-A prospect and another prospect or, or a roster player. Um, and if – if um, I'm Shiro. What am I asking for? Um, yeah. You're asking for a first-round pick for sure, yeah. right? Um, and, and unfortunately the Canadians are hosting the draft, uh, in June. <laughs> and so that enters in, believe it or not, um, you know, many people will say, well, it shouldn't matter that the Canadians are hosting the draft. Yes. You, you give up your, but Canadians are marketing first. Uh, and we saw that with Louis LeBlanc. Um, when they last hosted the draft in, in 2009 and what a disaster that was <laughs> in order to get that first round moment and that, you know, all the headlines out of that. Um, so it does make a difference. And what's the other big ask from Shiro? Well, you've got Jack Hughes in your, your uh, lineup. Who played with Jack Hughes? Who had yeah. chemistry with Jack Hughes? That's Cole Caulfield. Um, so those are the two big asks from Shiro. I don't think Bergevin is anxious to give up either one of them. Um, and, and there's the, and, and the other part of that is if you're going to give up, if you're going to give up a first round pick, if you're going to give up a paling or a primo or, you know, that cal you've got to be sure that Taylor Hall is going to sign a contract extension because that you're not going to, you're not going to bring in a rental for um, those kind of assets going out. Um, and the other issue with this, and it does play into it, is um, Taylor Hall's agent, same as Victor Metz, Darren Ferris, and 
And he's of the mind that you always wait as long as possible. Um, he might want his client to, to try free agency to see what, what, what happens. Um, yeah. Might be getting the same, you know, that Tavares kind of advice. Um, so it's, this is not, Mark Bergevin has backed himself into a, a pretty big corner. Um, he's the one thing or a couple of things going for him. Got lots of cap space. Uh, does have prospects and assets, uh, 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 draft picks to to give up, um, and so he can help uh, uh, himself that way. But you know, there's going to be competition. There's going to be other yep. teams in uh, a, a 28 year old uh, former Hart Trophy winner. Um, this uh, he's there's going to be competition, and uh, yep. uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, that's the thing here. It's, I mean, and he talked about deals that happened in the past, and, and Mark Stone, that one was coming down to the wire just before the trade deadline. I mean, it, this is them listening in on deals in November. So, I mean, there's going to be competition to get this thing done, and that's oftentimes what the, what the hurdle is, is that if a team has the prettiest girl at the dance, they're going to wait to see who's, who's coming with the, with the best offer, right? So that's the, that's the problem here. Is Montreal does they are going to have competition because Taylor Hall is that good. So we'll wait and see if uh, anything comes of this. But Taylor Hall, I mean, that would be a one hell of an addition for this Montreal Canadiens team, given what we know about, uh, you know, the last couple of years when it comes to scoring. And so, given the way things are going with the Canadians, they can't wait till February 24th. No, they can't. <laughs> they, they can't. By that time, it, it, you know, it might not make sense to do anything at, at that point yeah. if, if they, the, the skid continues. And I mean, you know, GMs can smell desperation and, and Mark Bergevin probably uh, is smelling of a lot of desperation at this moment in time. <laughs> so uh, with that said, I mean, the Canadians are dealing with some injuries, as we talked about last week, with Jonathan Drouin and Paul Byron both being out. Now, they moved Byron to injured reserve, and in a corresponding move, they recalled Gustav Olofsson. And uh, I think to our surprise, uh, Gustav Olofsson is drawing into the lineup today against the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, so a little bit of baptism by fire, maybe. Welcome to, welcome to the NHL. Here you go. You're playing for a team whose defense is pretty much non-existent at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, for for Julian, he's he's tried everything else, and uh, so why not roll the dice? Roll the dice with Kincaid starting this afternoon um, against uh, a Flyers team. Now, I, I know that the concern is well, play play carry against the best uh, uh, team in the league in Boston. Um, tomorrow and and yes uh but the flyers have been the best team in the eastern conference in november piling up 22 yeah. points over that period of time and 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 coming up bringing themselves up to i think it's eighth in the league um now um flyers have been playing really well and and uh, supported by uh, a bit of a youth move, movement there um so it's 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 I mean, the the, the Kulak uh, Riley or didn't uh, experiment didn't work at all. Um, so Flurry gets back in. Kincaid will play. Olafson coming up from Laval and Olafson, if your if your um, need is for offense from defense, he's not your guy. Um, he's a stay at home guy. He's a defense first kind of guy. 
Um, he has seven assists so far in 20 games with the Rocket. Um, you know, fans probably don't know a lot about him. Um, 2013, second round pick by uh, Minnesota. He's 24 years old, um, but has has had injury after injury after injury. Yeah. To the same, it's it's been shoulder injuries. The estimate is he had five uh, shoulder injuries in Minnesota. He's had two since he's with been with the Canadians organization. He's he's had surgery. Uh, he's missed a lot of, of hockey. Um, and, you know, they worked with him uh, in the offseason with respect to his nutrition, with respect to how he plays the game. He was putting himself in uh, very – he likes to be a bit physical and, and, and putting himself in vulnerable positions. And, and uh, so uh, he's, he's, he's hopefully around that hurdle, and, and maybe he can – uh, help the, the Canadians uh, today by just being steady in his own end, uh, making that good first pass out of the zone, um, and and otherwise uh, being not creating the the, the havoc that uh, that Kulak and Riley have, uh, uh, particularly last game against New Jersey. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see him in the lineup uh, today against the Flyers. And uh, in a bit of lighter news, as the Montreal Canadiens do when things aren't going that way, they look back to the past and say, hey, look at those guys. And uh, they are going to have <laughs> the captains in the building, former captains of the Montreal Canadiens in the building, December 3rd, against the New York Islanders to celebrate their uh, it 110th birthday. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a, a very special night, and it will include – the uh, the Montreal Canadiens wearing legends jerseys during warmups, uh, particularly those of captains, of former captains. Not all will be former captains, but most of them will be. And uh, you know, we saw some stuff on social media from the Montreal Canadiens uh, accounts. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen very excited to be wearing the Zaku Koivu jersey, and uh, I think that's a good that's a good uh, <laughs> that's a good combination there. I think that's he'll be Koivu will be well represented with uh, Arturi Lekkinen, and you have. Uh, Kirk Muller, the uh, you know the assistant coach, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi seems very happy to be wearing his jersey. Uh, but there's a full list of guys. I mean, uh, I think Weber's wearing Larry Robinson. Like it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a very fun night, um, potentially to distract from what's been going on for the Montreal Canadiens as of late. Well, they're they're very good at honoring the past, and as you said, yeah. um, over the past uh, twenty plus years, it's been a way that the organiza- organization has kept. Uh, fans engaged is is pointing to the past. Uh, yeah. What I like about this is that the players themselves, I guess they had a, a list to choose from, but the players themselves uh, made the choices about what jersey that they would wear. Uh, Kincaid wanted to wear um, uh, Dryden um, because um, in his college career, he, uh, he had won the Dryden uh, trophy in the ECAC and, and, uh, um, Kirk Muller, uh, with, with Jesperi Kotkaniemi picking Kirk Muller, Kirk Muller said he was, he was rather flattered at that. And I thought it was quite interesting when you listen to, um, Kotkaniemi talk about Kirk Muller and, and often, yeah. you know, our focus is on, is on Julian, our focus is on Descharmes maybe coming up, but, um, and Kirk Muller's often forgotten. And the, uh, what Kotkaniemi said was, um, how much uh, Kirk Muller helps the younger guys and with Julian not known as a younger coach it's it's Muller that makes that connection 
uh, with the younger players, stays out on the ice with them um, after practice and uh, and teaching them little things. Kakinami said, you know, it's it's in North America, the play along the boards is is key, and and not so much in 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 uh, Europe, and and uh, those are the the kind of skills that it, that Muller teaches um, and helps. Uh, their confidence, because he said Muller's the one who is always in a good mood, is always uh, always brings um, uh, a lighter moment, and uh, it, it's 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 nice to see that happening. Yeah, and it's going to be a very important connection for the Canadians' coaching staff to be able to deal with these young players. As you know, it becomes at least as the the plan is currently with without having, you know, made a, a blockbuster trade, but uh, you know, with the young amount of young guys the Montreal Canadiens have, I mean, that's going to be more and more important is the ability to communicate with those guys, be willing to teach them, and it's great that Kirk Muller has uh, taken that responsibility, and it's even better to see that Jesperi Kotkaniemi is is going to be wearing that jersey during warm-ups. That's going to be a, a special moment for sure. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this past week and some of the criticism that has been thrown at Carey Price, as it often is when the Montreal Canadiens are slumping. So we'll be back just after this quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, so, Rick, we're going to be talking, we were just discussing fantasy hockey, which we'll be talking about in the third segment. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but this week, 
when, when the Montreal Canadiens struggle, and it happened last year, just about this time, the fingers start pointing, and generally speaking, the fingers start pointing at Carey Price because he is the franchise guy and he is this, that, and the other. But, I mean, when you look at what's gone on with this Montreal Canadiens team, is, is that the biggest concern? Because it seems to be on Twitter, the general consensus is that Carey Price is the biggest concern at this point. But, I mean, that, that, just, that just isn't the case, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. And, and it's funny because um, it, it's like, you know, I'll get, I'll get retweets. I'm going to say something more hateful about Price than you are, and I'm going to get, you know, it, it's, uh, Twitter is a bit of a, a sewer with respect to price hate um, these days. And it, and it's, it's just, um, it, it's, it's not grounded in any kind of reality. And, and I think you just have to look at, um, and I did, I, you know, I w- went over um, each one of the, uh, the goals given up and um, over and over. And, and you count the mistakes, you count the number of things that happened leading up to the goal. Um, and, and Price had, in, in almost every case, had no chance. Didn't have a chance. Yeah. Uh, particularly the, the breakaways, the, the odd man rushes, um, uh, when the Canadians are killing a pound. All of those, they don't have. And, and the, the answer comes back, well, yes, but look at, look at his save percentage and look at his, um, um, you know, the number of goals he's given up and the number of shots. And. Uh, you know, as I've said before, it's it's kind of irrelevant when um, uh, if the puck's unstoppable, it's unstoppable. It doesn't matter. Uh, and and you look you look at uh, the the uh, Carey Price uh, still up at the top in terms of of starts. Uh, before this streak be, began, he was at the top of uh, the NHL uh, in terms of wins. Um, and so those that are going back and trying to rewrite the history and say, well, he's, he's struggled this season and uh, not many, hasn't stolen games. Well, I could list a half a dozen uh, easily stolen games um, or, or games that, that they're kept in the contest. And, and you know that I've said before, um, uh, with respect to goaltender, goaltenders, uh, Steve Valiquet does a great job with MSG and, and the um, site that he's put together um, for the the advanced stats um, site that he's put together um, uh, with respect to uh, uh, goaltender contributions and the uh, the goaltender save uh, contribution is a big stat I think that takes into account all kinds of things and even after the the the, the struggles Carey Price is still in the top five. Uh, in that particular stat and it's I think that's really telling so so what is wrong what is wrong uh, with the team and um, I thought it was interesting that even in the the um, the French media on TVR kind of controversial at time JC Lajoie um, was was pointing his fingers directly at Bergevin and Julian and his his solution is get rid of them both at the same time, which I don't know if that's a Canadian, if that's a Molson kind of thing to do. Um, but he argued that, you know, both may be at fault. Uh, and he's suggesting um, uh, get rid of them both now be, well, before it's too late. 
bring in Dominic Ducharme as your acting head coach and let uh, Trevor Timmons be your acting GM. Um, I, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, but you look at, you, you just look at what's going on as far as the breakdowns. Um, the odd man rushes, the breakaways that they're giving up, the turnovers, the giveaways, the bad reads, the bad, the poor decision-making, the bad coverage, um, uh, taking bad penalties, uh, the pathetic penalty kill we've talked about all season, the bad line changes, um, goals in the last minute of the period, goals in the first minute of the period, not winning puck battles, um, getting beaten in the, the neutral zone, as I, I mentioned earlier, uh, shift after shift, players being caught deep, um, no resistance to, to the opposition zone entries. Um, it, it's all of these things have lo- added up to uh, the six losses in a row. And, and this is, as we said at the beginning of November, this is the, so- the easy part of the schedule. Five of those six yeah. losses were on home ice. It's not something that, that should be happening. Um, and, and Claude Julian has, you know, he's, he's tried everything. He's tried um, having practices with the focus on the penalty kill. He's tried having practices that uh, focus on zone exits on positioning. Uh, the last one was on, um, it was quite a, a, a feisty practice on one-on-one battles uh, got quite heated. Domi and, and Meta and, and the face washing and, um, and then yesterday he was like, okay, fine. I, I, I would only be saying the same thing in practice. So, uh, I'm going to give you guys a day off and, and we'll, we'll look at some video and do off ice, off ice instead of the planned practice. Um, he said something kind of interesting. I, I know on Thursday after the New Jersey game, everyone was focused on him saying, um, that he was, uh, frustrated and that, that he's, uh, He's just as frustrated as everybody else and that he's mad as hell um, about it. Um, and, and that, you know, no question when a coach says something like that, that that's um, headline uh, grabbing. Um, but he talked about, he, he talked about some of the things that, that I just talked about um, expressing his, uh, his dismay as far as the, the deficiencies in the club and then said, um, you know what? Uh, it's our job to, as coaches to find solutions and it's the player's job to trust those solutions. And he added, they're not trusting them and they're not listening right now. They're not doing what we're telling them to do. And it said to me that, um, he's lost, he's lost at least part of this lineup. Um, yeah. He really has, and that's I, I'm. You and I have talked, and and Claude Julian is not the primary problem. He is a problem. Yeah, he he uh, needed to fix the the penalty kill. He has not. His yeah. his uh, uh, the way he he uses young players, and the way he's quick to point the finger at, and we've seen it at Suzuki. He's pointed the finger at Flurry. He's He's pointed the finger at Kokkinemi, like just really undermining the confidence. Um, and we saw him do that with Galchenyuk in the past. Um, that that he needs to take ownership for. And now, if he's lost, if they're not listening to him, um, Claude Julien is a problem, is a major problem. 
However, um, the other thing he said is uh, we've been a bad defensive team um, all year. We're just much worse right now. Um, and that speaks to a poorly constructed ro- roster. And we know that. We, we, yeah. we listed the things that, that were on um, uh, Bergevin's shopping list, and he got none of them. Um, it, the, the bad defense comes from a poorly constructed uh, roster. And as such, they have to play differently uh, than other teams. Um, they can't be confident that their defense can go one-on-one. Um, so we, we remember Julian tried in previous years, tried his swarm defense where he wanted to always outnumber. And, and Alsner said, what in the world kind of scheme is this? <laughs> um, and the problem with a swarm defense is that if you're always wanting to outman the puck carrier, you're leaving big spots. So that didn't work. So now, and it was really confusing. So now yeah. the plan is don't spend any time. We're a bad defensive team. We can't compete especially if uh, the other team gets the cycle. Uh, so the plan is don't spend any time in your own end. Um, and so they've outlawed D to D passes. Sherratt mentioned that when he, he's like, wow, that's kind of my, my go-to thing when I was in Winnipeg, uh, as yeah. was the, the bounce it off the boards, like uh, to, to get it out of the zone. Uh, no D to D passes. Uh, can't, can't use the boards to clear the puck. It's use the middle, create uh, and do one pass to get it out of the zone, spend as little time in, in the zone as possible. And teams have figured that out uh, and are cutting that off and it's creating turnovers um, and it's, it's ending up in the back of the net. So um, listen, these are, these are, are uh, these, these pile up on a team and not only does the team start losing their conference confidence but as brandon gallagher said the opposition starts uh smelling blood in the water and they come in they know that that that, uh all they have to do is is a couple of things and that's going to undermine the confidence and and um that's what's been happening that's what's been happening in this this six game losing skid um and you know there there's there's no way out of it Uh, no way that the coaching staff has been able to come up with. And so today it's, it comes with a lineup change. We thought it was an odd, really odd decision to sit flurry um, on Thursday against New Jersey. So did flurry. He was like, um, gee, I didn't think I played that badly at, against Boston. And he didn't. Um, he didn't no. Um And, and he said, I, I, I thought it was a really telling comment. He said, I guess it's just cause I'm a young guy. And that speaks volumes about what he feels, the way Julian makes decisions. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of sad. Um, so, listen, um, the Canadians have to do something. They, the, something is needed. Uh, they don't defend well. They aren't helping their, their goaltender. They're hanging them out to dry. Um, and, um, and given the fact that, that there's not – much confidence in the backup so early in the season um it's it's creating a, a a real negative spiral with this team and i wanted to talk about these the finger pointing at carry price specifically because we we went through this last year we went through this basically exactly the same november 
last year. The problem, however, was that last year, Weber hadn't returned yet. So the Montreal Canadiens don't have a Shea Weber walking through that door to help them. And, you know, the thing is, is that there was that stretch in early November last year where Carey Price, his numbers were plummeting because the Montreal Canadiens were giving up too many high-quality scoring opportunities. And what happened? So his November last year, he went 3-5-2 with an 8.66 save percentage and a 3.81 goals against average. This November, 4-5-2, save percentage, 3.77 goals against average. People are looking at those numbers, specifically the ones for this November, and the fact that Carey Price has a save percentage below 900. And whenever this happens, and it always happens when Montreal goes on a losing streak, the finger gets pointed at Carey Price. It only serves as a distraction for the things that you just pointed out which is that Mark Bergevin has not done his job to make this team better. Because, listen, Carey Price might be wearing it now, and especially on social media, people are quick to blame him because he can't stop two-on-ones three or four times a game, and he can't stop every breakaway. People are quick to point the finger at Carey Price, but last season after the month of November, which was, again, 3-5-2, and 8-6-6-8 percentage, and a 3.81 goals against average, the rest of the way, he went 28-17-2, and, and save percentage by month, December 9-16, January 9-53, February 9-23, March 9-17, April 9-27. Carey Price wasn't the problem last year, even after a rocky or comparative, you know, relative to the month that followed, a rocky November in which the Montreal Canadiens defense was not good enough before Shea Weber returned. And, and provided a, a semblance of a defensive of a blue line for Carey Price. The, the unfortunate part here is that the Montreal Canadiens don't have that internal addition that's just waiting in the wings to come back and help out with this. And that's, that's just what the problem is, because Carey Price last year wasn't the problem. This year, with a track record of, that Carey Price has, with the proven track record that he has, we can say with confidence that he's not going to be the problem this year. It might just be that he's going through a little bit of a, of a stretch where the Montreal Canadiens are doing what they usually do, but Carey Price just isn't coming up with the miraculous saves that we're accustomed to. And it's unfortunate that we're accustomed to him having to make those miraculous saves because no goaltender should be expected to have to do that. As P.K. Subban pointed out after the game against New Jersey, where he said that Carey Price is the best goaltender in the world, and sometimes he's not going to be able to save your team's bacon, even though he's done it many, many, many times. It's just an unfortunate reality that we live in where Carey Price, because he's getting paid what he's getting paid, is expected to be superhuman. And Carey Price has been superhuman in the past. But Mark Bergevin, that is where this should lie, because we knew that this team had deficiencies. There was this false confidence that this team, if, if they had a full season to build on what they did last year, was going to be right there to make the playoffs. I didn't, I didn't believe for a second that they were going to be there when it was all said and done because they didn't do anything to actually improve this team. Ben Chirot is a marginal improvement over Jordy Ben at best. That is what he is. He's not a first-pairing defenseman. He was never going to be a first-pairing defenseman. And I think that 
you know, he might be, it might just be that you have too many guys that are being asked to do more than they can. And Ben Sherratt is one of those guys because you pointed out when they made that signing, he's a nice third pairing defenseman that can play second pairing if you need him to, but he's not a first pairing guy. And it worked once against the Boston Bruins where you had him and Ben Sherratt. You had Shea Weber play with Ben Sherratt and it worked out nicely. Um, The past little while, it hasn't worked out as nicely. So the Montreal Canadiens, I think, are exactly where I thought that they would be at some point this season. I just didn't think that it was going to be during this past stretch of games against, let's call it what it is, teams that are not expected to be around come April. So that's the part of this that's frustrating, is that the Montreal Canadiens are showing these warts right now, and that, you know what, Carey Price is going to turn it around. That's just, it's almost a given. He's going to do it because he's done it in the past, but this team is not going to be able to turn it around. As you pointed out, there are just too many issues right now. There are just far too many issues right now. And when we point the finger at one guy, there's a lot of other guys that are getting, you know, that are, that are getting some slack. And Mark Bergevin is number one on that list right now, because Carey Price is wearing this, Claude Julian's wearing this. And, and I've been, I've never been sympathetic of Claude Julian because of the reasons that you said and because the penalty kill has been as bad as it has been and because he's not very kind to young players, but he does not have the horses to compete for a playoff spot. And Mark Bergevin probably knows that himself. He just didn't address anything in the offseason to actually make this team better. So right now I don't know where the Montreal Canadiens go from here because, as I pointed out, Carey Price is going to get back into form, but I don't know if this team will. Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, and I agree with you, um, it's interesting because do we remember Claude Julien saying uh, near the beginning of the season, um, you know, we may not be done yet as far as, as, as moves and, and transactions and that sort of thing. Because he said, we're not, we're not um, we, we don't have the, the team on paper. Um, and it was quite surprising that he said that so vocally. Well, after the game um, against uh, New Jersey, again, he said, we're asking players to do too much. As you said, um, we're, we're putting players in positions that, that is in positions that are beyond their uh, capabilities. Uh, and it's those players that you talked about, Sherrod, uh, they, he's, fine he's very good as a third pairing defenseman and sometimes a part-time second pair first pair no he's not um hudan is he a third pair a third line winger no he doesn't have the he's a marginal he's a bubble nhl ahl player he doesn't have the speed to uh to keep up kulak is he a second pair no riley is he belong in the nhl at all no um so all of these things are um, as I wrote in in the wheelhouse of the general manager, and he was a he's been a, 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 a has had colossal failures the last two of the three summers, and that has a huge impact um, on your team. Um, Julian, uh, you know, um, you know whether players have stopped listening to him. That might be true. He he may he may have lost the room, but it's Bergevin who is the architect of this and has lost his way um, and has ridden on the coattails of Carey Price far too long. You know, he, he and Molson said at the beginning of the season, uh, 
you know, we'll, 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 we want to play an entertaining game. We want to uh, be competitive through the season. And we, we just have to get into the playoffs. And then you never know what can happen. Uh, well, that kind of um, bringing a marginal team and, and then relying on hope um, just doesn't work. Um, and players know that. Players in th- themselves, they know they don't have the horses in the room. And that affects their, their confidence. And we talked a lot about last week about um, the playoff chances for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, we, we took a look at the, uh, um, the athletic uh, projections and, and, and we explained, go back and listen to uh, last week's uh, Canadians Connection podcast. There's 50,000 simulations that the athletic runs. And last week, the Canadians had a 49% chance of making the playoffs. After this week, that's cut in half, um, absolutely in half. Uh, they have a uh, sitting now uh, at a 23% chance of making the playoffs and are projected to get 88 points. Um, if they if they run off a six game winning streak, can they get back up there? Of course they can. But do we see that happening? Um, I'm not sure that we do. Um, this 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 is Mark Bergevin's. Uh, he is, he has put this, this together. And so far it's been um, Jeff Molson, who's always protected Mark Bergevin because Jeff Molson loves working with Mark Bergevin because Mark Bergevin is one of the few GMs in the league who would put up with um, Jeff Molson's meddling and being in on wanting to be co-GM and, um, and all of that, that the issue that's going to, that's going to cause Jeff Molson to act uh, or or want something to happen has started. Um, on Thursday night was the seventh time this season of 14 home games that the Canadians failed to sell out. That that's that's something that Jeff Molson takes note of. He's also the organization is hearing from uh, season ticket holders. They're not happy. That gets Jeff Molson's attention. So those are the kinds of things that that may cause him to say. Uh, Mark, uh, we need a trade and um, you may have to uh, overpay on this one in order to get us uh, back on the playoff track. And, you know, a problem that I think as well is you go back to last year and I think, I think it's fair to suggest that the Montreal Canadiens may have um, succeeded beyond what was probably expected of them. Because you get 96 points, I don't think that that's something that the Montreal Canadiens, when I look back at that roster last year, that I thought that they would be able to attain. And what happens when you overcome those expectations is you overvalue the guys that you have. And you just mentioned the fact that Mike Riley maybe shouldn't even be in the NHL, but you've got him locked in for another year. And you look at Brett Kulak, who you signed to a three-year contract. And listen, I, I don't Brett Kulak is, is fine, I think, as a third-pairing defenseman. It's it just you are willing to pay for guys that were on that roster and maybe not solutions from outside that roster. And that is something that I think that the Montreal Canadiens may have been guilty of in this past offseason is that you value the guys that provided a little bit of, of hope for what this team might be able to accomplish. But in the end, they fell short and the Montreal Canadiens needed some outside influence on this and, and they just didn't do it. So hopefully, as you said, they're starting to pay attention to the fan base, which is losing patience with the fact that this team 
just isn't good enough to compete on a night-to-night basis. And, and pay attention and to the, yeah. the calendar as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Because they've just uh, – it was a – November was, was an opportunity to pile up points. It was a huge, a huge missed opportunity for the Canadians. And uh, with the, the home-heavy schedule, with having the – uh, the Devils and the Blue Jackets and the Sanders and the the Rangers, all those bottom, uh, those out of the playoff kind of uh, teams. It was a blown opportunity. And now, um, where do they find themselves? Um, it's Happy Thanksgiving, uh, a belated Happy Thanksgiving on Thursday to our uh, American listeners. Uh, but that is the the cutoff. And where do the the Canadian as as far as uh, kind of a predictor of what might happen? And where do the Canadians find themselves? Uh, they're they're out of a wild card playoff position, um, for competing against for that wild card spot the Penguins, the Hurricanes, the Maple Leafs, the Lightning, and the Rangers. Um, can the Rangers uh, sustain this? Who who knows? But the other the other teams, um, you have to expect they're going to be in the mix for the wild card. And the Canadians don't look like they've been that kind of team. Um, so if if there's no uh, moves made during the, the season, if the Canadians miss the playoffs, that'll be four, um, uh, the fourth time in five years, and uh, somebody's not surviving that. Whether it's Bergevin, whether it's Julian, somebody's not surviving that um, uh, achievement, let's say. I mean, the only appearance is a first-round loss to the Rangers, so I mean, that's that's not much of an appearance even then. So, yeah, it's December is not going to be fun. Like I, like I said a couple of episodes ago, they go out on the road for that Western Canadian road trip, the dreaded Western Canadian road trip, and they don't play at home again until January 2nd. That is going to tell a lot about what this team is because that is not going to be fun. Because on that road trip, after playing against those Western Canadian teams, you play the Florida teams who they've been – yeah, Tampa Bay has been playing catch-up after playing in Sweden – so they're getting, you know, back and, and playing games again. But the Florida Panthers have looked very, very good. So it's going to be difficult for the Montreal Canadiens after playing those Western Canadian teams who uh, have all looked pretty good. I mean, Calgary is, is Calgary, but they've been going through stuff. Um, you know, it, it's going to be difficult. It will be a difficult stretch for the Montreal Canadiens. And, and it'll be interesting to see how they come out of, of December because I think – if you know, you said November was a chance to accumulate a lot of points. December doesn't look as kind. <laughs> the quality of competition is going way up in a very rapid manner. So the Montreal Canadiens are going to need to bring it, and um, maybe that's by a trade. Maybe they they get something and, and it changes their fortunes. What what if what if and and we'll, I know we're going to break, but what if that Saturday night game in um, uh, Edmonton on the 21st of December, a couple of days before Christmas. What if Taylor Hall was in that lineup against the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, that would look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain about that at all. That'd be a, a lovely, lovely gift from Mark Bergevin and the Montreal Canadiens for Christmas. But again, the asking price is the is the big question there. And I mean. You have to think if 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 Ray Shiro is doing business with the Montreal Canadiens, he ain't gonna let it. You know, he's not gonna let him off easy on that. Given where they are in the standings right now, he wouldn't re- either way. But I mean, 
Montreal is a desperate team right now, and, and Ray Shero is probably very aware of that. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we have the question of the week that we threw out there. Would you make a trade to improve the Habs or wait for prospects to develop? So when we come back, we're going to discuss that, maybe a little bit of fantasy hockey and Movember as well. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the uh, Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. And we have uh, got a couple of things to talk about before we uh, wrap this thing up. But the first thing that we're going to get to is the question of the week, which we've kind of been talking about the idea of Montreal making a trade this episode. So would you make a trade to improve the Habs or wait for prospects to develop? And uh, we'll start on Twitter. And this is from Chris G at Habs at Chris Habs 360. Habs need to make the playoffs for Bergevin to keep his job. Trade route is the way that I think he will go. From an organizational perspective, the best option would be to play for play prospects for development. So this has been, as you can imagine, something of a of a hot topic here. So Blaine Potvin says, if a trade were to happen. It has to be a left-hand defenseman. The, the team can score, but it can't defend well. The right left-handed defenseman man can keep left-hand defenseman can help at both ends in all situations. And Blaine of the uh, Habs Unfiltered podcast, um, why not both? 
says Sarah. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, That's why smart, not have yeah. a defenseman and a forward? That would be a very good way to go about it. <laughs> so, um, and also, why would you not have, you know, why not do both? Make the trade, develop prospects. You don't have to just do one or the other. But I think, yeah, I read that as why not. Uh, I was, I'm thinking of defensemen and forwards. So I'm getting a little bit greedy here, as you can tell. I just want this <laughs> team to be better. Uh, <laughs> Jim uh, says, have to be careful not to overreact when the team is not playing well. Have to always look to improve by a trade or prospect. But should the Habs be looking for a quick fix this year or keep building a core that will be good multiple years? Hate to mortgage the future. And that's a good point because, I mean, the, the question has been throughout this podcast – what would you have to give up to get a Taylor Hall? I think that's the big question here. Uh, Matt from the Habs Unfiltered podcast as well. It's easy to see that the Canadians need help on defense, especially the left side. I'd be willing to make a deal, and depending on the return, I'd give up a higher draft pick or prospect to do so. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, the problem here, Eric's saying the problem here is Taylor Hall is a winger, and the Habs need a massive boost on the D, so this doesn't help us. And that's a good point. I mean, as both, Blaine though. points out, well, they do need both. They do need both. And I think that we've seen the like that this past week has shown us that maybe the, the defense needs the priority, but at the same time, having that legitimate sniper, I think, is, is just too tantalizing. I think the Montreal Canadiens will, will need to, to hop on this opportunity if, if, it, if it becomes available to them. Um, but that's Twitter. What's, what's Facebook saying? And, and if, if the Canadians have been stockpiling all this cap space – um, and 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 not use it for uh, a big transaction like that. Then when are they going to use it? And yeah. and is then um, are the Canadians uh, a cap team, which they haven't been for years, or are they a a budget team? And that doesn't sit well with with Canadians fans. Uh, but yes, let's look at uh, the Facebook. And if you want to join us on Facebook, look for the All Habs fan page. Um, Ron Cockler says, first, fire the GM. Uh, Michael McDastardly says, in my job, if I was given five years to improve the business and after seven years the business was worse, I would fully expect to be out of my ass. The team was better <laughs> before Bergeron. I think he means Bergevin, but he says Bergeron. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mark, uh, the, the question being, would you make uh, trade or trades to improve uh, the Habs or wait for prospects? Uh, Mark Antoine Roulette says, yes, a trade. Trade the GM as soon as possible. <laughs> um, Jeremy Lamoureux says, uh, Hall would be a great upgrade, but I'm not trading Paling or Caulfield or Romanoff or Primo. Well, uh, then if you're not willing to trade one of the top prospects, that's not going to uh, happen. He suggests trading McCarron O'Reilly. Um, <laughs> well, well, you're not going to get anything back for <laughs> either of those uh, players. Um, Isaac Champagne says, haven't we been depending on prospects for a long time now? Haven't seen it bear uh, fruit playoff wise. So make a trade. Uh, Frederick Ledoux yeah. says trade Bergevin. Um, AJ Bali says one player isn't going to change this team. That's why you need two. Uh, poor Carey Price. He's got gotten stuck with an incompetent GM, incompetent coach, and incompetent owner. Uh, Peter McDowell said I'd replace the GM. Um, and uh, there's there's um, quite a few that uh, either take shots at uh, the GM. Dennis Muse says get rid of the coach. 
Uh, and that's kind of how it goes on uh, yeah. Facebook. And and I and, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was that said this, but one of those comments we've been waiting on prospects for a while. If you remember back to the you know to the summer and and early Carey this Price. season, Kerry Price said, "Listen, man, prospects they're great, but they don't mean anything to me." <laughs> and that's you know, listen, you, it's a completely understand understandable perspective for a 32 year old goaltender who has given you the best years of his career. And I mean, he could still be giving you very, very, very good years if you give him a nice supporting cast that helps him do that. Um, but yes, uh, keep those answers coming in Twitter, Facebook. You can even use the text line five, eight, five, three rocket, any of those things uh, to uh, get your answer in. But uh, yeah. Talking, so, talking about dream, uh, talking about trade. Yeah. And our question of the week, would you make a <laughs> trade? Uh, we were talking in the break about, a dream that you had about a monstrous Montreal Canadiens trade. Do, do we have a minute just to get into that a little bit? Cause so, I, I didn't hear the end of it. I want to hear the end. Yeah. 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 So I've, I've had some really weird, vivid hockey dreams as of late. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream that the Leafs, you know, in the midst of their struggles, uh, they won the Stanley cup in December and me being a, a fan of the Toronto Raptors as well, I was upset because I was afraid that that was going to steal the spotlight. I, it was really weird. But last night, after a couple of weeks ago where I made this blockbuster trade in Yahoo Sports, uh, the, the fantasy sports with Amy Johnson to get Brendan Gallagher, I had a dream where the Montreal Canadiens traded Gallagher to Washington as part of this monstrous four-team deal, which I believe also saw Max Pacioretty go from Vegas to Washington. That's another <laughs> okay. detail in this. But the condition, it, it was like a fan, it was like a, a like an expansion draft trade, where the Montreal Canadiens were like, okay, yeah, we'll trade you Brendan Gallagher, but you also have to take Carl Alsner's contract as well. Oh, and yeah. Washington was willing to do it. I don't remember what Washington had to give up. That was just like it wasn't even like there was just none, no follow up on it. It was just Gallagher who apparently was injured at the time wearing a suit on the bench for the Washington Capitals. It was a very weird dream. And wow. I, maybe that means that I, maybe subconsciously I regret making that trade with Amy for Travis connecting for Brendan Gallagher. I don't know, but I mean, that was that, a big that's trade. That was a big trade and connecting has been playing very well. Um, I expect Brendan Gallagher to, uh, to start playing. He scored a goal this week. I can't be mad at Brendan Gallagher, but uh yeah. And Anyways, we, <laughs> we should say in fantasy hockey last week uh, on this show, um, you mentioned that you had a massive nine two lead uh, over yeah. over me, over my team in fantasy hockey. And somehow um, I pulled pulled together and uh, tried to come. I didn't quite get all the way there, but you ended yeah. up with uh, a more at least respectable, at least I could hold my hand. It wasn't a Boston yeah. Bruins shellacking. It was a, it, a six, four win uh, for you. Last and I was week. worried. I was worried that I would pull a Montreal Canadians versus New York Rangers. And just, you would just rattle off like a bunch of just <laughs> taken over categories left, right and center, but that didn't happen. I was able to get the win, but uh, you, yeah, you put up a good fight. You're a worthy opponent. I will give you that. Um, and I mean, this is, I, I will say that this is in the midst of a, of a lot of, of injuries for me. So, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but. Uh, <laughs> now, as is but, our uh, dear friend, Mike, who we, we, uh, we met uh, at the draft, yeah. who was one of our draft uh, winners and came with us to uh, Vancouver and, and, uh, and uh, joined the league just a few weeks ago. Uh, he took over a dormant team and, 
um, and is giving you a pretty good fight this week. He is, uh, I believe, at this moment, and I'll open up the app just to be sure. But I believe it's six to six, and um, just to double check here, it is six to six. But yeah, he has been putting up a fight this week, and I, I do have, I think, a couple more games left to play. I think I have a couple on him. Um, so I uh, look, I hope that I'm able to uh, get a couple more st- uh, statistical categories in my favor. But uh, goaltending has been pretty good for me with. Uh, Braden Holtby and uh, Tuka Rask. So that's been, uh, I've been oh, winning those geez. categories. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe, hey, maybe now if I propose that Rask for price trade, Amy will do it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I, I doubt that, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I go to so. it. Yeah. Go to it. <laughs> I think I'll hold off on that. I think I'll, I won't test my luck there. Um, yeah, propose but, uh, it yeah. and then listen and then listen to the uh, from the press box oh, podcast on Tuesday and see what her response is. From the press box every Tuesday, if uh, is one <laughs> of our other Rocket Sports Radio podcasts, and with a focus on prospects, with a focus on the AHL, and uh, Amy Johnson uh, joins me, and and uh, we have a great time. Uh, so listen to one of uh, listen to Canadians Connection, listen to from the press box, listen to. Uh, have a listen and Habs Unfiltered. Uh, we got four podcasts for you uh, on Rocket Sports Radio. Yeah, and uh, just quickly before we go, because it is the end of November, tomorrow is the first day of December, uh, the All Habs team doing a great job uh, raising some funds uh, for the November campaign. And this is uh, the uh, the last day of November, so uh, you can still get uh, donations in if you, uh, if you wish. Uh, so, very worthy cause, as it is every year. Some so. big donations coming in at the end, and thank you. Thank you to Chris G. Yep. Thank you to uh, – uh, there's a, a few have come in anonymously, but we're uh, getting close to our goal. You can really help us. Um, uh, go to uh, uh, Movember.co and, and uh, uh, look for the All Habs uh, team. There's uh, seven or eight of us or nine of us, and, and many of us – have been uh, have been growing uh, facial hair for the month of November. How, how's yours going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I've, oh, I've diverted good. from the mustache to just the beard, but uh, all yeah, right, because mustache doesn't look too good. But uh, <laughs> but it is a very worthy cause, and if you can get uh, donations in, that is uh, very much appreciated. Um, so Rick, quite the day. We're going to be having some early. It's just about 45 minutes from now. Montreal Canadiens. We've got to, we got to go and get ready for the, uh, yeah. the three o'clock matinee this afternoon. Um, the flyers, the high flying flyers, the flyer yep. die flyers, uh, against, uh, the Canadians. Uh, and then, uh, we got, uh, uh, the Habs heading out to, uh, Boston tomorrow for, uh, matchup against the, uh, Bruins Kincaidian today price, uh, tomorrow. Uh, and yeah. uh, as we mentioned, um, we have uh, Olafson and Flurry in the lineup uh, for Kulak and Riley today. And the uh, Laval Rocket in action later on today against the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, paying a visit to their old friend Daniel Audette. So that should be an interesting one. Follow along with uh, the AHL report for a complete Boy, Charlie coverage. Lindgren was great last night uh, in was Syracuse. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Tremendous. I thought that they were in Syracuse, yeah. So looking to uh, continue uh, <laughs> with the Laval Rocket, you can follow the AHL report on that one. And uh, yeah, as Rick mentioned, there's there's four other podcasts in addition to this. There's three other podcasts in addition to this one. You have the From the Press Box podcast, where they'll be discussing the Laval Rocket, Charlie Lindgren. And uh, 
you have the Have a Listen podcast and Habs Unfiltered. And you can find those podcasts on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio and hit that subscribe button. So, Rick, we'll uh, say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll get ready for that game against the Philadelphia Flyers, and we'll be right back here next week, hopefully discussing an incline on this roller coaster, but I'm not sure that the signs are very good on that one. So <laughs> we'll uh, say goodbye for now, but thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connections and visit allhabs.net.